welcome to Taylor's Life. Today I'm joined by a virtual friend, Chloe, whose Instagram page normalises the unnormal and I'm really, really excited about this app. So without further ado, let's welcome Chloe with Crohn's to the Taylor's Life podcast. Hello, Chloe, and welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's literally like amazing. I couldn't believe when you DM'd me about it. I was like, who wants to know about me? Little old me, like... Honestly, I'm just so pleased to be here. So thank you. Thank you so much. And honestly, I think loads of people would be so intrigued to hear your story. Like genuinely came across your page and I was having a little stalk because you have to, do you know what I mean? You have to have a little stalk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a little stalk. And I was like, I have never, ever met anybody with a feeding tube or anything in my life. And I'm just like, to me that sounds so surreal do you know what I mean like something yeah. normal and I was like you know what I'm gonna have to ask Chloe if she wants to be in the podcast because I'd love to hear more and I'm sure there's loads of people that would love to hear more as well so thank you before we get into all of the nitty-gritty of the podcast tell me a little bit about you about your age your work like what you do for a living so I've just turned 22 um I turned 22 in October fun fact as well I share my birthday with my brother but my brother is five years older than me what are the odds of you sharing the same birthday as your brother like I'm gonna get this wrong I feel like there's 365 days of the year so one in 365 days that's actually yeah I know literally what the hell (laughs) um tell me about it so yeah like share my birthday with him it's a bit weird though for when like we go on holiday and stuff for our birthday as obviously we're getting older because we're just so used to having the day together so when one of us isn't here it's so strange like it's become such a big part now I can imagine well I've actually got a twin sister and I know it's not oh no way yeah so like it was weird when we didn't have our birthdays together or what have you yeah in university or lockdown or whatever and we're 22 Mm -hmm. as well so when you said that I was like that must literally be like having a twin but just a little bit older yeah literally for real like but it's so funny though as well because we are so different we that's like when everyone says like oh do you believe in horoscopes and you know all that stuff I'm like no because I'm literally born on the same day as my brother and we are like extremely different like not even a tiny bit the same (laughs) that's so funny I can't I can't say the same about me and my sister we we have like like I don't even know we like the same things like we have our own sort of like unique sort of things as well that we both like separate but our like core beliefs are the same so that's really Mm -hmm. random um so I am currently working in recruitment and I do the finance side of things which is absolutely hilarious because honestly maths for me was like my worst nightmare like my worst nightmare ever I scraped a maths juicy by the skin of my teeth like it was awful and now I'm literally doing finance full-time um I do the pay and bill side of finance so that what that means is I pay people wages I bill our clients and then I chase all the debt and I literally handle like millions of pounds every day and so for someone who hasn't actually really got a maths juicy hated maths literally would rather do anything but maths I feel like I've I've not done too bad. 
<laughs> You've done pretty decent for yourself, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, literally. Like when I I remember coming home and I was like, just say no, Mum, like I've got a job in fire out. She was like, You're lying. <laughs> you are lying. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what were you like in school? Like was school a place where you felt you could thrive? Like what was the environment like for you? I'm not gonna lie, I absolutely hated school. Like I hated every single second of it. Um it was like hell on earth hell on earth I can't even explain like I I just school for me was just I, I I can't put my finger on it but I just I really just don't like that school environment I'm I really yeah I feel like the way the system is is shocking like yeah. the discrimination the way everything is like, it literally just molds you to be a certain way and yeah I really really dislike school and I feel like that also had a massive impact on friends as well um I was I would probably class myself as the girl who hung out with all the popular people but I was the one that was always getting their mick taken out of and I was just that convenient person in the group like no one really wanted me there but if someone was unwell or wasn't at school or they had a fallout it'd be like they would cling to me because I was convenient at the time but yeah a lot of the time I just got the mick taken out of me taken out of me and it was just a hard time I think for, for like for me especially being that age I feel like there's such big pressure on you know students and you're going from a literal child to an adult there's so much going on so much change and I just feel like school environment is just cruel yeah I think the school environment's definitely outdated like lots of people don't learn that way no meant to be like that anymore like it might have been like that back in the day but it's not like that anymore and we have to like Mm -hmm. move with that and like it actually breaks my heart that you just thought you were like a convenience like that was a massive convenience that's heartbreaking but like I know what you mean about like the popular group like I was not in the popular group I would just like to say that I was I was one of those like theatre musical kids that I would always be found in either the drama studio or the music room those are the two places I would only be so that was so cool though I wish I could I was like talented like that like just whack out a musical instrument and play it <laughs> I'm just I'm so untalented it's a joke <laughs> it's just practice 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 but what was I gonna say about like the popular group I do remember there being like one or two people who just didn't seem like they fitted in there and like it it was it is heartbreaking because you're just like you can join my group but then it's just like the hierarchy like you want some people want to be in that group and stuff like that and like yeah lots of pressures in school it's weird reflecting back on it it really really is it's such a weird time and especially now myself being older I'm watching my sister my younger sister going through that and I'm like please like stop worrying about school like I'm like you the things you learn in school will be the things that you look back on as an adult and be like, what the hell? What the hell was that about? Like, you won't even remember it. Um, like, I don't know if it's just me putting a mental block on school, but I can't really remember much about school because I just felt like I've really washed my hands of it and just tried to move on with life because it really, like, affected me. Yeah. 
Oh, my heart goes out to you, honestly. And with your Crohn's and stuff, did your symptoms show whilst you were still in school? Because you're still young yourself. Yeah, so I was in year nine. So how was that? Like 15 when my symptoms started, which I don't think helped either. Um, But what I must say is in terms of the school being there for my health, um, obviously there was like teachers that really just didn't understand. But there was like a handful of teachers that really like got me through that um the kids at the school were horrendous because when I started really showing with my symptoms and my symptoms become more physical like that's when people really ramped up like the bullying if you like and it was like come on man I'm literally going through the hardest time ever of my life I feel so ill the last thing I need is being called names and stuff like that so yeah, my symptoms definitely didn't help my situation or my popularity at school, for sure. But what I must say is the school did really step up for me. Um, But I also feel like that goes back to the fact that, like, although although I was what I would like to call, like, not a problematic student, I wasn't, but I kind of was because there was always arguments, bitching, you know, the drill, and teachers do get annoyed with that. But one thing, like, my mum and my parents have been so strict on me and making sure that they have taught me how much to respect teachers. I feel like that's why I got such a good support system around me because I showed so much respect towards them. Um, and I was never really like that child to be rude. Um, I wasn't disrespectful. I mean, there was occasional times when, you know, you act up, show off and try to misbehave to sort of gain that popularity. But I feel like I was humbled pretty quickly when that happened because, uh, yeah, my mum went absolutely ballistic at me and I can confirm I didn't do it again. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it. And if you don't mind me asking, what were the symptoms that were the starting symptoms where you were starting to get, like, a bit worried, like, this isn't normal? So, do you know what? It's crazy and I feel like, Without having someone here to back me up, I feel like no one's going to believe it. But I literally remember it was summer of 2017, but it was more like beginning of summer. Maybe let's say spring. I think spring's probably better. Like the end of spring. I, You know, like with that weather change mm-hmm. where it's just a bit cold, but it's getting hotter. Yeah. I literally remember laying in my bed and I had really bad hay fever. And you know when you yawn? And I yawned and I literally cracked like the corners of my mouth as I yawned. And I was like, oh, that was painful. And I'm not even joking, like from cracking my lip from when I yawned, this crack just never went. And I just was like, oh, how annoying. Like, why did I yawn so much? And then I all of a sudden just started feeling really run down. Like it was like a gradual thing that started happening. Like I started feeling a bit flu-like. Then I started feeling a little bit like, you know poorly in terms of weak just didn't feel myself um and then a few months went by I started noticing like all these ulcers that were in my mouth and these ulcers looked weird like they weren't your classic ulcer it was like holes in my mouth like when I look back on pictures now they literally look like I've got like cigarette burns inside my mouth like they were really really weird um and I was like oh better tell someone about this you know what I mean at this point no one really knows obviously I've said that I don't feel well but you know I don't feel well like that was what it was like it wasn't a big thing 
then um so I like told my mum and I was like oh, how do I tell her like is she gonna think this is a bit weird do you know what I mean like you know when you start blaming yourself like oh you know is it my fault did I do have I done something um so there was like a big group of us um it was like a family gathering and I was like oh mum just quickly do you want to look in my mouth so I think there's something a bit weird in there and she looked she was like oh yeah we definitely need a GP appointment for that um so I went to the GP and they were like oh Bongella do the job don't worry about it and I was like okay yeah great I bought some Bongella I was applying it nothing happened um and then I started getting like really bad cracked lips but like to the point where they'd like bleed they'd like pus and they were like so sore so you can imagine walking up to school with all that around your mouth like you're getting called everything herpes girl you're a slag you must be around the block all of this stuff like that was all it was about um, people called me the joker because my where I had the slits, they slitted so far up my mouth, it made my mouth appear so much wider. Um, people were cruel, like, honestly. The kids back then, they were so rude. Um, so, yeah, like, I went back to the GP and said, listen, this isn't working. Um, my mouth's getting worse. It's now on the outside. I had rashes around my mouth as well. And they were like, oh you have thrush, that's your problem, you've got oral thrush, you need this treatment, and it will get rid of it, and I was like, okay, brilliant, um, so I was like, uh, okay, taking this thrush treatment, nothing was helping, I mean, I was getting so annoyed at this point, because nothing was doing anything for me, um, so I then decided, like, look, I need to really ramp up now, and start telling people how bad I'm being, because even things like eating, brushing your teeth, drinking certain drinks like it really hurt talking as well really hurt so I went back to the GP and I kept going back and I was so like persistent with it they must have hated me because I'm kidding you not I must have gone to the GP like twice to four times a week every week because I was like I, I can't this isn't helping I don't think I understand and then eventually in February 2018 uh so it took a long time I went and had a mouth biopsy done um which was the best thing ever uh needed that so badly and they done the mouth biopsy and then they discovered that I had something called oral facial granulomatosis which to me someone might as well just be, be speaking a different language I was like what is that and how do I solve it and they were like mm, it's a really rare disease and there's no cure and there's no treatments I was like this is great this is absolutely great I'm gonna be like this for the rest of my life <laughs> Mm. and then eventually they I went and saw a specialist team in London and they explained it all to me it all just sounded like I was literally sitting in A-level like biology it was I, I was they might as well just speak to me in French I didn't understand a word of it they put me on this special diet which apparently back then was the only treatment and it was called a cinnamon and benzo free diet and I was like yeah don't eat any of that it's fine I'll be fine with that I'm not even joking you I couldn't eat crisps you couldn't eat chocolate you couldn't eat sweets you couldn't have any sauce you can have gravy you could only have certain butters it was so hard this diet like there was hardly anything I could eat and the things that you could eat um I either didn't like or was so expensive like I just come from 
like I don't like the word normal but I literally I'm just so normal like I grew up on a council estate my mum's got you know uh and like a basic job like she hasn't there isn't just extra cash hold on Chloe needs all this new organic stuff let's now pay like four pound for a bolognese sauce like that wasn't really an option because we didn't have the money for that um so we had to make do of what we had and to be honest the diet it didn't last very long (laughs) I tried it but I was like fainting and passing out because I wasn't getting enough sugar and things like that so yeah we had to scrap the diet quite quickly because not only did my body just completely not accept it I I was literally being sent home from school most days because I was passing out and collapsing in school and as well it was just so expensive like there's no way it was it was just insane the amount it started to cost um my mum and I feel like that's another thing as well like you don't realize how having a chronic illness almost impacts your finances so much it's just the little things like even the slightest thing that people doesn't like that don't have a chronic illness just wouldn't get yeah I think there's a lot of things that like people without chronic illnesses just don't understand like say uh, say for example like at the moment I'm going through an ulcerative colitis diagnosis and every time I go anywhere I have to know where the toilets are before I go just like standard now but for a lot of people they would never even think of that and that's like a very simple thing but yeah carry on carry on so um (laughs) You had your mouth ulcers, it was starting to crack, you went to London, you were on this diet that didn't last long because it was freakishly expensive. It it lasted, I want to say it did last about like two months, but imagine I'm so fussy, like everyone always says I eat like a five-year-old, which I'll take it, I do, like turkey dinosaurs and all that stuff, I don't mind it, do you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not like really like exquisite when it comes to my food, Um, but like at the same time there was nothing out there for like imagine at the age of what 15 16 and someone says you can't have chocolate ever again yeah you can't all them sweets that all your friends are eating right now you can't have them like obviously you crack like there's no way I was so young I was at school like it, it was just hard really hard and if anyone's on that diet now or is about to start it I take my hat off to you because it is a, such a challenge like, it's such a mental challenge as well and what that so how did that start your crunch like I was a little bit confused for a second no that's fine so they told me they I would have Crohn's by the time I was 21 so this disease morphs itself into Crohn's so I still have OFG now it's like a separate condition I have a separate team but I've also now built up Crohn's alongside it because it's just about the cells that then get created from the disease um so I then noticed a few months later I started getting really bad pains when I was eating I found it hard to swallow I found it really difficult to pass food down. I would get this pain and it's a really hard pain to describe, but let's just put it towards like a severe stitch, but in the middle of your rib cage. And it was like, there was nothing I could do other than be sick to stop it happening. 
Um, so I'd get that most times and I would eat. And this is when I was like, there's something more going on than just this, you know, OFG, which is the short version of, of oral facial granulomatosis. And I went back to my consultants and I said, like, please, can you just look? Like, I'm I'm not saying I've got Crohn's. I don't even know what that is. I don't have any of the symptoms. But please, can you just look for me? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. So they done things like stool samples, blood tests, things like that. And it was all coming back normal. So I was like, what the fuck was I what's wrong with me then? Because <laughs> the amount of times I was told by loads of different health professionals that it was like, it's all in your head. Don't worry. Um, you just want to get out of school. You're having a hard time at school. This is your cop out. Um, so I was almost like thinking in my head, this has to be all in my head. Like I'm making this up. Everyone's telling me I'm making it up. All my tests are coming back fine. It's it's a me problem. Maybe I'm mentally not well at the moment. I don't know. And this kept going on and on and on. And it went on for, I want to say, like a year a whole year where it was just no it's nothing don't worry you're fine um and then eventually after going into A&E consistently they was like okay there must be a problem for you to constantly be here so they done a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and as you can imagine the colonoscopy come back completely fine as per all the other tests but what they then found in my endoscopy was I had Crohn's disease, but it was in my esophagus. And this Crohn's disease, the the damage that was down in my esophagus, it had to have been there for a certain amount of like for quite a long time. So the whole time they were focusing on Crohn's and my bowel, that they actually missed the fact that there was Crohn's the whole time pretty much, but it was in my esophagus. So that was why I was getting the pain when I was swallowing. And that was why I was getting the pain when I ate um so when they said that to me I literally just I didn't know whether to laugh or I didn't know whether to cry like I was like for all this time I literally felt like a maniac like I felt like I was going insane um because imagine feeling so unwell being told it was in your head but then nothing matched up when it comes to tests so you do actually believe it's your problem (laughs) that's really it's really like sad but I think a lot of like young females they're just not listened to like and no. I love the fact that you were determined like you're like I am not taking no for an answer like I know yeah. my body and like I think that's what people forget sometimes like you know your body better than all the medical tests do you know what I mean so yeah. if you're saying that there's a pain there there's a pain there even if the test says there isn't and yeah I'm so glad that you were able to finally get diagnosed. So that took about three three years then from... It took a long time, from 2017 when I first had my symptoms. And then I wasn't actually diagnosed with the Crohn's disease until the end of 2019, so... Gosh, two years, that's a long time. So yeah. do you think then, when you, we roll back for a second, when you click that jaw, do you think that that caused something I feel like there was because OFG is like a fungal type thing um I don't really know the ins and outs I'm so sorry um 
but it is to do with like fungal and bacteria and stuff like that I feel like that was coming out and then when you crack and you open a wound up and they get in there I think that's what spiraled it out to be so quickly which made it more obvious that makes sense that makes sense and then because it was um in your did you say it was in your I can't pronounce it because my accent (laughs) is so strong esophagus yeah so did that lead you then to having your feeding tube in place yeah so when they told me it was in my esophagus they told me and explained to me this was so rare and I feel like that is why I'm so passionate to be raising awareness for Crohn's disease but almost my twist on Crohn's disease because when you read up on it the actual Crohn's can affect literally the whole part of your digestive system so your lips all the way down to your anus and no matter what charities no matter where you google what you google you listen to people's experiences it's always dedicated to your bowel and it really grinds my gigs it's like this is why I was left for so long because no one bothered to check elsewhere and I feel like we need to be making so much more awareness about Crohn's can be just about everywhere not just in that one place yeah and because I didn't have the classic symptoms of having diarrhea, passing blood when I was going to the toilet or mucus or, anything, or abdominal cramps, because I didn't have any of that, it was shut down and considered that mm, you don't have it. When you definitely did, it's just very, very uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love the fact that you're raising awareness and genuinely I think people will listen to this and just be like, oh my gosh, that could be me or when I go to the doctors, I'm going to say next time, maybe test me for this. And I think that's really, really like strong of you. And I'm Mm. really, really proud of you for raising awareness. So for a second, would you just mind telling me a little bit about life now that you've got a feeding tube and then how you got your feeding tube in place? Yeah, so I got my feeding tube. So what happened was I was feeling so unwell. I was doing my A-levels um I had a great support network around me um especially during my A-levels I feel like you grow up a little bit more a lot of the a lot of the students left that gave me grief because they went off and done different things um and the teachers were incredible especially like for me I when you could just going back to when you said about having the strength to carry on like I didn't have the strength to carry on like when you're beaten down that much you are literally like whatever <laughs> especially being that young as well you're like I can't be bothered now uh but although I had a great family network as well like the school nurse wow like she was the person that kept me sane because it was a medical professional that was in my corner that was like no not having it definitely not I'll write letters to the GP this is definitely not okay and having that one person that you know is in that medical field is keeping you like keeping my mind thinking okay this is not in my head like I'm there's a backup um so I was at school still then but doing A-levels and I was just off pretty much the whole time like I barely went into school because I just could not eat and I would eat one I'd be able to eat one week and then I wouldn't be able to eat the next I might be able to eat one hour and not the next it was 
getting stuck that was the only way I could describe it it was like I could swallow and then it would get stuck and then it would just come back up and obviously I wasn't getting enough nutrients nothing was really working there like working down there for me like I was always quite sick and finally after my food was getting really stuck especially when I was like swallowing and things so I then went back to my consultant and I said I think things are getting a bit worse and they then give like gave me like um anti what are they called sorry immune suppressants and I did start those and didn't really do much for me if you like so then we were in lockdown which I think it's really hard for me to say but I feel like lockdown was my blessing in disguise because I could slow down I could chill in my bed because everyone was chilling in their bed no one was doing much and I could take that time to really you know relax and let my body recover I was starting these immune suppressants and that made me very high risk and we were so careful like we were following them rules to a T um but for me lockdown was my time where I could be like I don't need to worry about school my A-levels are going to be sorted out um I can I can really just take a step back so that's what we done and I felt a little bit better like I started to feel like oh like slowing right down has really helped me out um so lockdown went on and it was like peaks so I'd have these peaks and then you know it would get better again and it was just this really uncertain fluctuation where one week I was fine and the next week week I wasn't it was very odd like I couldn't really work it out I mean my family really did joke to say I was like selective (laughs) but that was only an inside joke with like me and my family um, but it was really selective, like one minute I was fine and then the next minute I really wasn't okay. So going back to my feeding tube then, so it was 2020 um, and it, we were in October. So I was really feeling rough. Like this was, I want to say the worst part of my whole experience was this October of 2020. And I remember just feeling so crap, like... I can't even tell you, it was like my body had just left and I was just here like, what am I doing? Um, My eating had become so small that I was like not even able to manage like a spoonful of things anymore, um, which had like a massive impact on my weight, had a massive impact on when like nutrients, my my general health, like I felt gross. And it was a week before my birthday and I was in my bed and I was like, wow, I just feel so unwell. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like can't seem to shift it, got to shift it for my birthday and all of this. And it was the day before my birthday and I just said to my mum like, I feel horrendous and she was like Chloe I'm not gonna lie to you you look awful and I was like thanks um but even to have the covers on me was hurting my body someone like if my mum touched me it would like even just placing her arm on me it felt like someone was crushing my body um I only way I can describe it was like I had bruises all over me and someone was pressing them really hard 
that was the pain that it was sort of was like my skin was awful like I just felt rubbish and my mum called the hospital and they said like I literally said to my mum I'm gonna die tonight like this is it I feel like I'm about to die and mum was like right then okay and my mum really didn't know what to do it must have been so scary for her because I wasn't giving much away I was just lying in bed felt like wasting away so she called the hospital and she said like Chloe needs to come in like she's so bad um and they were so good they were like yep that sounds awful um could you just wait until about 8 p.m this evening and then I got to the hospital around 10 o'clock at night and this was my first ever hospital admission as an adult and it was the first one where my mum couldn't be there no one could be there it was full-on lockdown covid no one was allowed to come onto the hospital like grounds and I was put in this massive room on my own it was like a six bay ward and I was on my own I'm in London um it was so late it was about yeah 10 o'clock it was my birthday in the morning (laughs) I felt awful and they did allow my mum to come in to settle me in a little bit because I just felt they just looked at me and was like wow poor thing and then literally I must have been being whizzed around that hospital at every single hour throughout the whole night I had so much scans done and um, they'd done loads of blood tests and they confirmed like my body was literally shutting down because it wasn't having any nutrients at all. So my electrolytes were like super, super, super low, like really dangerously low. I was so I had lots of like cannulas put in, all this food was going into me. I was up the whole night trying to get my body back strong again. Um, obviously, you've got to be so careful as well when you're refeeding, if you like, because obviously your electrolytes can just spike out of control and that can cause worse problems so we were trying to do it but manage manage it do it gradually so they got me up strong again and well ish and then we started in the morning we started this modulin diet which essentially is this powder it's like baby milk like powdered stuff you put it in a uh, water and you drink it well I couldn't swallow it and they put the feeding tube in and um was I was started to like refeed so I put, had the feeding tube put in on my 19th birthday of 2020 and they put an NG tube in which is a nasal tube that sits in your stomach and they will then feed you through this tube so that was that I was told I'd have it for two weeks max and uh, which is hilarious looking back now so I was having this tube for two weeks to build up my strength, essentially. So they put the NG tube in. Horrendous, by the way. Oh, it was awful. The first time having a feeding tube put in, not nice. <laughs> but I promise you it gets easier, it does. You get used to it, I tell you that. Um, And then after they put the NJ tube, NG tube in, I had to have it changed to an NJ, which is a tube that sits in your esophagus, um, in your intestine, sorry. So it was because my stomach wasn't able to take all the feed because of how little my stomach had in it. It had shrunk so much. So we gave my stomach a rest and we fed into my intestines. So I was in hospital for about 10 days um, and then I got strong and then they were like, you're going to actually go home with this tube. And I was like, oh God, okay. So then they get like all these teams involved to like make sure you're all set up ready to go home you know how to work it all and all the training that goes with it and then I had this tube until May 2021 so from October 2020 to May 20 
21. Um, and then all of a sudden I started this new job. I felt like I was going through the best time ever in my life. I felt great. My hair was lovely. My nails were nice. My skin was great. Like I just felt really good. I felt on top of the world um and yeah I started my new job and all I wanted was this tube to like to go there's nothing worse than starting a new job but also having this great big tube on your face and so everyone knows you're you're a bit like you know unwell (laughs) um so yeah they took it out it was so rushed it was so so rushed um they took it out on the 12th of May and by the 26th of June it was back in and I was back at square one again my body couldn't cope without this tube so from being told I'd have it for two weeks I ended up having it for almost two years (laughs) oh my gosh where are you at now with it like so in 20 21 at the end we discussed to have a permanent tube put in which was mental to me I was like you're joking like this is a lie and they're like no 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 we really need to put a permanent one in now because you quite clearly can't live without this tube um and it would be so much easier for you if you had like a permanent one and I was like okay right then um so in January 2022 I had something called a peg put in which essentially is a tube so they cut they cut your stomach and make a little hole in it and then they put this tube inside your stomach um so I had this peg that was in my stomach and I had that for um I had that for almost a year um so I only had it changed because it broke and when um it broke I had to go into A&E and it was my consultant who was actually doing the procedure so he had changed my tube but he actually had changed it to a low profile tube so what that is is it's one that's like flush to your skin so it's like a tiny little button it looks so small um so it's really like neat and it's quite you know it's a lot nicer to have than a great big tube hanging out your stomach if you like so when I woke up and saw it I was like no way like that's so cute um so that's the tube I have now and I have an NJ extension on it so essentially it's one tube one section of it goes into my stomach and the other section goes into my intestines so I have two little sections of it and it was my third year anniversary the other week so I've had a tube for three years (laughs) I'd like to say congratulations because, you know, you're able to live now. And like, yeah, one thing that like I noticed about your gram, because I love your gram, it's very, very aesthetic <laughs> and pleasing. Is oh, that's one hell of a compliment, is it not? It like, is. That really is. I remember <laughs> that. That's great. <laughs> but like, it looks like you're still able to live a, your life to the fullest. Yeah, with- 100%. And 100%. I don't, I know this sounds stupid. It's because like, I'm not like, um, sort of like educated on it. So do you have to only put liquids in the tube then? Do you have to mush like all your food up then? No. So I get asked this a lot, actually. Don't, uh, you'd be surprised how much I get asked this. So you get prescribed a certain type of feed. So to me, it looks like, a milkshake in like a big bottle um so that's prescribed from me from my dietitian um there's lots of stuff that goes in and out of that tube so um water 
um lots of water goes through there it has to be like cold boiled water um although i am quite cheeky and sometimes can't be bothered uh, don't take any of them tips from me but um yeah so you have to put like water through it so i on my resume i think that's how you say it you have like a a uh, thing on the system I don't know of what your day looks like typically so it's all about everyone's different because it's about how much feed you can manage per the hour so I don't know why but it was never like this before it has got worse um over the years of me having my feeding tube but I can only really tolerate about 50 mils per hour which is small like it's tiny mm. um so the feed I will run from about uh I sort of start out about 10 o'clock at night run it all through the night I will disconnect it get to work pull it back on at work so I'm on the pump for at least 16 hours a day which is mental um because I can't tolerate my feed quick enough if I could run it quicker obviously the hours will decrease but I just it makes me really really sick um we've tried lots of different feeds as well because obviously each feed contains different things but nothing seems to change I don't know why this is so I'm on the pump for about 16 hours a day and that's putting feed into my intestines so I feed straight into my intestines and then I have my medications that I take through my tube as well so there's I do medications about three times a day morning lunchtime and evening um so that goes through my tube and then because I don't manage to get enough water in me because of my swallowing I then have to run fluids so it's about 500 mil of fluids um but I can run them at a quicker rate for some reason I don't know why I tolerate fluid like water better than I do feed that's random because actually it could be because it's a little bit thicker the like milkshake consistency yeah and I think as well like obviously when I was trying to explain this to like family and stuff because they obviously don't know either um it's also as well like the calories you're taking in um I don't know my body just can't seem to hold that many calories at once it just makes me feel really unwell because that feed that's going into you is exactly the same as you eating like imagine eating all that food at once oh I see what you mean yeah yeah so when I just when I sort of explain it like that a lot of people are like oh okay I do understand but it is a it is annoying um considering that once I could run feed at about 120 mil an hour I run it so quick um and now I can't even get past 50. <laughs> oh bless you so that means that you actually can't eat food because it's all coming through your pump then so I can still eat so this is something that a lot of people get really confused about because they see me eating and they're like you don't need a tube if you're eating so because it's so unpredictable some days I wake up and I can't eat anything some days I can wake up and just eat a little bit and some days I can wake up and when I tell you I can eat I literally eat you out of like your whole house (laughs) That's crazy. It's so weird. Like, and the days where I feel like I can't eat, like I really go for it because I don't know when I won't be able to eat again. Um, so that's another thing. But my dietitian manages this with me. Um, so I know for a fact if I've managed to eat three meals on one specific day, 
I might not run my feed. Okay. Or if I manage to eat a little bit, I might run my feed at a certain dose. So I'm not overindulging in calories, if you like. Um, which I quite enjoy. Um, that my that my dietitian allows me to have that control. Um, because I don't want to be dependent on my tube. If I can eat, best believe I'm gonna give it a go and I'm gonna try my best. Um so yeah, there is definitely a must for the for um, a need for the feeding tube because I don't know when I will be able to eat, but at the same time I can eat still and I do try my best. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm glad you can eat because there's something so nice just about tasting new foods and everything like yeah. that. I don't want you missing out on that, like genuinely. Oh, I love it. That that is like when I was first put in hospital for a feeding tube as one of the precautions is you have to speak to a mental health team just to check there's no eating disorder which a lot of people really don't like but I really appreciated that because at the time I was so my brain was so foggy and so weird and there was so much going on that I was like maybe maybe there is a little something going on and then when they done the investigations it obviously came back as no and then they noticed about my cranes and stuff but I literally said to them like you want to see me round a kebab like if I could eat that kebab like I'm gonna be going at it and they thought it was really funny <laughs> I love that I really do and like if you don't mind me asking because I like talking about like mental health a lot as well raising awareness of that how has having your condition like affected your mental health mm-hmm. so I I was I've been really blessed in the fact that I haven't massively suffered with any mental health problems but I would definitely say it's a massive mental challenge um I found it really difficult to come to to terms with the things that like lifestyle changes like I was I'm in a relationship luckily still with the same person I wouldn't know where to begin with dating now (laughs) but like me and my boyfriend we would go to so many restaurants that was our thing going out eating and then when that suddenly stopped that was a struggle for me because I was like but I enjoyed doing that and now I can't it's like someone's stripping that away from you without any choice at all um and also I feel like the pressure um in terms of school really struggled like I really struggled with that um and as well like being told that it was in your head it was hard to comprehend because it was like well it must be it obviously is in my head. Um, so I would say I definitely had challenges along my journey with my mental health, but I am a, such an incredibly positive person and I take this as a blessing because I am really blessed to think and believe in the way that I do. But everything happens for a reason, 100%. Like the way my life has changed throughout, whether it be better or for worse, I still believe like this was the path I was meant to go down and the amount of people that I've managed to connect and network with is insane and the inspiration that I've seen along my journey and the way I now look at life like when you think you're going to die and you're laying there feeling so poorly and all you have is these tubes that are feeding you 
you do change your attitude like so much changes I was like what 19 years old there's not many 19 year olds that have laid like that thinking Jesus so I now take life as such a I take it as such an incredibly like precious journey now I really value and appreciate the little things and if I want to do something I'm gonna do it and no one's going to get in my way. And I feel like it gave me such confidence afterwards because I was told so much throughout school, like, you're going to amount to nothing or, oh, you're just the ugly girl or, oh, you're, like, you know, you're this and you're that. And it was such a mean period of my life where I had so many people being horrible to me. Now I just look at them and I'm just like, oh, you must have been so sad yourself and it's just completely changed my aspects in life so no I take it as such a positive thing and yeah it challenges you obviously no one I wouldn't put my hand up and say pick me pick me I want to have it obviously I'd love to trade it in for something else (laughs) but it is what it is at the end of the day nothing can change right now it's who I am I feel like I've made a good mark on it um and I hope that with me sharing my journey I hope that it touches other people as well because I know what that's like to be somewhere very lonely and dark so I just hope that with my story and the way I look at my you know chronic illness I hope that it also has a reflection on how you guys can also do it too because it's about just owning it I feel like that's all you can do if you lay there like, oh, why me? This is so annoying. Can't be bothered. What's the point in living? You're going to make yourself feel worse. Own it. I have crazy names for my feeding equipment. Like, name it. You know, slag it off. Oh, yeah, you know, my shoes pissed me off today. Or, you know, it's just having fun with it. Like, it is just, you got to own it. You know, like, that was so, like, fulfilling to hear because, like, it's such a different outlook to look at a chronic illness and like life is so fragile like it can be taken away in an instant mm-hmm. and the fact that you have this mindset is absolutely incredible and more people need to have that sort of outlook online yeah. and yeah I'm so so proud of like where you've come from because it is a journey like from the sort of click of your mouth to where you are now it's been one hell of a journey for you and you have connected with so many people and even through doing this podcast so many people are going to listen to this and be like oh my gosh that is a journey like but she's so positive like and a lot Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of people would say to you like how are you so positive is that a question that you get a lot yeah that is a question I get so much is how do you stay like so positive I look at the brighter side and honestly the only answer I could give you is because that's the only choice I've got if I was to sit here and if I was to be in this bubble of negativity and blame and guilt and all this awful stuff I think I'd crack yeah. I think I would crack. You have to own it with a smile or I don't think I'd get through it at all. I think as well with 
chronic illnesses like people sometimes don't realize that they're forever like chronic illnesses yeah. there's no cure like that's the point no. you know what I mean so like you can't just sit in this bubble of negativity forever like there's gonna be a point exactly. where you're just like right I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and change my mindset because this is gonna be with me forever and yeah I'd love to actually hear about like any goals that you've got going on at the moment because you're a girl that to me, well, a woman to me that just feels like I've got my shit going on. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm a I'm a busy woman. So have you got any <laughs> exciting things going on? Oh wow! I've literally gone my I've gone goosebumpy. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie. I've been working on something for the last year and a bit. It's been in the process for ages. I've sat on the idea for years and now it's been in the actual making for, oh, I want to say, a year and like four months. Um, But I have just launched my brand called Tracked and Noted and it's a brand all dedicated to chronic illness. It is going to be turning that mindset oh it grinds my gear when people use their chronic illness in a negative way no that is your power you were gifted this own it run with it make it you know your thing and what I've done with my business is I've literally managed to get everything inside my head where it's like how do I get through this how do I get through that what can I do here what can I do there and I've drawn it out I've got it on paper and I have in fact created a diary this is where it started it started here it's there is so much happening alongside this this is a starting point so for now we've launched this diary and it's all about my medication for now um but there's so much more coming and I cannot wait to really run with this because the ideas I have it's mental and my slogan is literally turning chronic into iconic and I stand by that I want everyone to be screaming them words because it's so true we need to be more iconic in in our little chronic life quite literally (laughs) I love that I am so excited for you this is gonna be so exciting like you are an entrepreneur like you are going to take this wheel by storm and I love it and do you know what that's going to be the title of this podcast turning chronic into iconic because oh I love it it's genuinely the mindset people need to have because it's like yeah it's not a bad thing like having a no it's like it's it's literally not like you, you were gifted <laughs> you were just... yeah, we were gifted this <laughs> <laughs> I love that and do you know what I've thoroughly enjoyed this podcast like 2024 is going to be your year and this is actually the first podcast that is going to come out with a guest in 2024 so this is like a huge thing and I'm really really excited Mm -hmm. for you like oh thank you yeah no I'm so excited to be launching this by the time this podcast will be out everything would be ready to go um but yeah no it's been in the work for a long time and there's so much coming so much coming it's a joke so yeah I cannot wait to 
everyone to see it and hopefully can help you (laughs) amazing and to anybody who's listening right now just check all of the description boxes because i will ensure that chloe's insta's there tractor notice um website or instagram's all down there so everything will be in the description box so thank you chloe so much no thank you it's been so good I'm so so happy that you brought me on your podcast I feel very lucky no stop it (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much to Chloe thank you so much to our listeners and I'll uh, speak to you in the next one bye guys bye